Hi, welcome to Chatting to a Friend. I'm Katie Friend and in this podcast I'm chatting to incredible women about their life experiences and adventures as well as their thoughts on friendship, community, self-care, setting boundaries and how they keep healthy, happy and sane. In the early winter months of 2021, three young women all decided, quite independently, to try and break a world record. That world record is the 24 hours record for the most vertical meters, on, and this is on skis. In the middle of March, Rhea Kobel, Slovenian-American world champion obstacle course racer, decided to take it on. She had a lot of long distance experience, but not much schemo experience. And she beat the old record and took the new world record. Exactly a week after her, Martina Valmasoi, former ski mountaineer on the national Italian team, went for it in Italy and she beat the record, taking Rea's record away after only a week. And then a few weeks after that, the young 19-year-old Grace Staberg of the current US ski mountaineering team took on the same thing, attempting to beat Martina's record, but not quite managing it, but still taking Rhea's record in order to have the North American women's vertical. Now, that sounds like a lot of information. Well, it is. And this is probably a fairly specialist episode of the podcast because it's about ski mountaineering, but it's also about digging deep. It's about setting goals. It's about training. It's about what experiences that push you right to your limits, teach you and give you going forward. I hope you really enjoy it. There's no challenge, Katie, this week. The challenge was interviewing three different women on two continents, three time zones across five different recordings because the uh, of the inevitable dropouts here and there, losing one of them all together at the end. I will explain later. And basically, that was an editing challenge in itself. It was a fun, great, very useful conversation. Enjoy. Hi, Rhea, Martina and Grace. Thank you so much for joining me today on this like super schemo sporty girl extra podcast episode. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. So I'm going to start in order and ask you to introduce yourselves. I'm going to go, I'm going to start with Rhea. Would you give us a little bit of intro to you and uh, your sporting background? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Rhea and I currently live in Colorado, um, but I actually grew up in Europe. I grew up in Slovenia. And when I was little, I did gymnastics. So that was kind of my sport growing up. Very different from what I do now. Um, and I didn't get into endurance sports until well into college. And it was kind of a way of me just like finding my fitness and health again. Um, because after my gymnastics career ended, um, I went down quite a not so healthy path for a little while. Um, and I first got into trail running because it was, you know, the easiest one to get into. And then I started doing a little bit of Spartan racing, obstacle course racing, um, finished schooling and decided to be a professional athlete. Um, and very recently I actually discovered schemo, um, which, you know, I, when I was little, I did a lot of downhill skiing in Europe, but I never knew that you could go uphill as well. Um, so that ended up being actually a really fun thing to do in the winter in Colorado because running becomes a little challenging when all that snow comes. Um, and I've also just kind of realized I'm really good at the really long stuff, like the 24-hour events and multi-day races are kind of where I excel. So putting all of that together, I kind of came up with the idea of going for 24 hours on skis and um, seeing how high I can go. <laughs> so that's a very short, very short background, but um, always been an athlete and kind of recently um, decided I really like going long. Amazing. And when you say you did gymnastics and then you, you became not very healthy, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, when I quit, when I was 17, gymnastics requires a lot of like, you know, very strict diet and like a lot of sacrifice. And so I've kind of made it my life goal to eat all the ice cream I didn't eat growing up in those, you know, a <laughs> couple of months after I quit. So I gained, you know, almost 20 kilos in a very short amount of time and stopped exercising altogether. So kind of went from being like really, really fit to 
um, not moving at all. And so I've kind of started doing sports again to bring some of that back to my life because I missed it. Yeah. And did you, how did you feel when you were sort of in that period? Mentally? Um, yeah, I feel like I needed a break from, you know, structured training and things like that. But I definitely missed being able to just go on adventures because when, you know, like you can run for 30 minutes, it's really hard to say yes to like climbing a mountain that has really mm. great views. So that was really my motivation for, you know, getting back into shape was to do adventures. It definitely had nothing to do with having any dreams of doing anything athletically in the competition sense again. Um, but yeah, it was all just driven by wanting to be able to explore more. And so how long between sort of starting back into sport and and becoming because you're the are you still are you the current Spartan world champion? Is that right? Yeah, um, I did three 24 hour obstacle course races over the last like four years. Um, and I'm currently the champion for the 24 hour Spartan race. And how long, what was the, what was the, the time difference between, because I, I don't know how old you are, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I quit gymnastics when I was 17 and then moved to United States and I'm 29 now. Um, so it's Gosh. been, you know, about 10 years of building back up um, to the point where I am right now. Incredible. Well, we're going to come back to that and how all that sort of came about and brought you to what you've just uh, achieved recently. Um, but I'm just going to ask Martina now to introduce herself and give a little bit of background. So hi, everyone. Thanks for having me here. I always been an um, outdoor person. Uh, I think I have to thank my family because um, both my mom and dad have tried like I think any kind of sports and so I almost still feel like I'm always behind them <laughs> because they have mm -hmm. tried like football, uh, hang gliding, uh, mountaineering, climbing uh, and so on. Anyway, I started um, my uh, life as an athlete, uh, let's say, with the Nordic skiing. Um, I started when I was like four, four years old. And, um, and so I did that, um, competing, even though I, I think I, I was really, I was really bad <laughs> as a Nordic skier or, you know, it's like, like there's so much about the equipment in Nordic skiing that you, sometimes you kind of feel like you are bad, but then at the end, you may realize that maybe your skis are not good enough because you're not supposed to be the one who who does well. So I had lots of these kind of problems, you know, <laughs> in races where where not counting for me. I, I was doing actually much better than other races where I was supposed to be better. So I was I was like, okay, so then maybe it's not just me, it's maybe that they don't prepare my my equipment really well, and so that's why I'm always so far behind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so then I stopped Nordic skiing, Nordic skiing because that was not on me totally, and I mm. <laughs> I already doubt myself so much, so often that I don't need to have uh, like yeah someone uh, just not giving the right attention to of my about my equipment. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say. Uh, anyway, it's difficult to explain, uh, but uh, <laughs> and so it's uh, from there I started to to do schemo. So I'm uh, I'm like the oldest here in the podcast, but even though I'm not that old, I think I'm quite old in the schemo world because mm -hmm. I I started like since I quit Nordic skiing, I started the. Um, schemo racing like mm -hmm. first because it was fun and my mom liked to do like up here races and so i i tried one race it was a qualifying race for the national team i was a uh, really young at that time and i remember it took it took me longer going downhill than uphill <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of fun uh fun let's say it was fun but it was a, a nightmare i really like I was almost crying downhill, but but like uh, at that time, uh, mm, 
the Italian team manager, like so, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, potential? Potential, yeah, right. And so I made it to the Italian national team. And, and so basically I started competing with the team in 2008. And I've been in it and for about 10 years mm. more or less like in and out last few years and competing the last international races um like in the the world championship in uh, tambre in 2017 mm-hmm. um i was out of the world cup because i was uh, traveling a lot uh, in summer uh for my job as a photographer for salomon and so I kind of like, mm-hmm. I decided to, to travel less in winter, but I still wanted to, to race uh, the world championship because they were like at home more or less. Mm. And so I qualified and, uh, and I, I, I ended up, uh, uh, getting two bronze medals, uh, in the team race and in the relay. So for me, it was really good. Mm-hmm. being out of the team but still being able to to perform well it was uh, it was good but uh, anyway even out of the uh, national team you know in Italy we have so many races mm. and so you can still compete a lot uh, even though you are not part of the national team and the the level is pretty high and so i've always been uh competing some you know uh, and i I really like the longer races and the team races and races like Pieramenta, Sella Ronda are the ones that I really enjoy the mm. most. And uh, meanwhile, I started to run as well. <laughs> well, mm. I always run, but I'm, ne- I'm, I'm not considering myself as a runner. I, I'm more like an explorer, uh, a hiker most of the mm-hmm. time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I like courses where I'm like allowed to hike or is like, it's okay if you hike <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because I might be faster hiking most of the time. And um, so, yeah, well, uh, I discovered that I, I really enjoy, not as much as Ria because she's like a, a crazy ultra machine. I, I can't <laughs> even imagine like <laughs> this uh, Spartan uh, race is going for 24 hours. Well, I mean, we are talking about a record of 24 hours, but still for me, this is something I can't even uh, imagine like uh, this Spartan race going on for 24 hours crazy mm. um, <laughs> um and so yeah but still I I I realize I like the longer stuff as well mm-hmm. uh maybe because I'm getting older I don't know and maybe because I don't like to train on doing intensities but I kind of like to to stay outside for a little longer and uh taking like training as an excuse to explore more i think at the end for me is this because i really like to be in the mountains i really like to be skiing and and also in summer running and doing long days and so i really like the idea of being fit for this i'm not really racing much and i'm not really a competitive person mm-hmm. i dr- i just like to be fit to enjoy more let's say <laughs> yes so a little bit like Rhea was saying the reason she got back into sport so that she could go and see do more adventures yes absolutely i think that's a really great motivation Excellent. Thank you very much. That is thanks and again we're going to come back to all of that and now grace Give us your best shot. What's the chat? I think my my background definitely pales in comparison to both Rhea and Martinez. But um, I was always really active as a kid. I played soccer. I loved running. Um, I skied growing up. Um, and then in high school, I got into more competitive running, just running cross country and track for my school. Um, and I found Schemo. Um, so I started Schemo four years ago now, I guess. Um, and that's, I think when I started to get a bit more competitive in sports, both in Schemo and then in trail running in the summer. Um, so yeah, I, I think I just really love, love being able to explore the mountains and I just really, I think am passionate about 
being able to go out on on long days and really appreciate how beautiful the places we live are. Um, so I think it's always been harder for me to get into like a, a track workout per se, than it has been to get into some long schemo race or, um, like a, a long run on the weekend. But I also think having the promise of like a long run on a Sunday makes it easier to get in some intensity during the week. Mm. So, um, as much as I love the long things, I would say my, my athletic goals at this point are probably still focused on shorter races like the the World Cups for Schemo or slightly shorter um, running races. Mm. Uh, yeah, so my my history definitely isn't quite as extensive, but I hope one day that it that it will be um, in another another decade or so. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, the thing yeah. that struck me, and I was going to say it later on, but. I'll say it now because you often find that, especially amongst women, uh, that the older you get, the more uh, the sort of the endurance comes, the resilience and the ability to sort of knuckle down. And and I find quite extraordinary. I think you must be at least 10 years younger than both of these two. (laughs) I was going to say it, but I was like, uh, yeah, well, I, I, I was, I don't know, like, if uh, the inter uh, if you were interviewing me like more than 10 years ago i uh, i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't know what i was talking about like uh, <laughs> really so i i i'm try- i was trying to think what i could say but uh, i i'm still thinking <laughs> because it must be quite extraordinary for you to the sort of martina and rea to think that you know grace is just done the same sort of achieved the same. I mean, I know you have, you've got different distances and we're going to come on to that, but the the extraordinary resilience that comes from that. And what, how old are you, Grace? What are you, 19, 20? 19, yeah. You're 19, <laughs> you know, to be able to achieve that, uh, as, you know, when endurance, as we say, comes with quite a lot of life skills as well you know it comes with a lot of life <laughs> and they're like what staggers me is what you know when you say maybe in 10 years I'm thinking in 10 years what are you going to be achieving I think that's just absolutely extraordinary no I feel like a lot of when you come to like really big endurance events and really long events I feel like everybody has a story of why they're doing it and it's usually something that happened in their life that kind of makes whatever the struggle you're going through through in those 24 hours like paled in comparison mm. and I feel like mm-hmm. that's like where being older kind of comes into play where I think it's easier because you've had like much more of like you know other struggles that you've gone through that you're like well this is like nothing compared to mm. what you know happened like back then so yeah I think it's really incredible um you know that Grace did what she did and I feel like there's a lot more she will do in the next 10 years <laughs> yeah and then some <laughs> Um, so actually that leads us on quite nicely to why each of you thought that this would be a good challenge for you. Now, I, you, I know that Martina and Rhea, you did yours within a week of each other and you didn't know that the other was preparing for this up until a certain, you know, until quite near to the event. Is that correct? Martina? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. I found out. I found out we have a mutual sponsor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same. And so I told I told the owner I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna make this big order because I'm doing this like crazy thing." And then a few days later, he was like, "Oh, Martina's doing it too." And I like replied, "Like what? Like right now? Is she like skiing now?" <laughs> um, so he he told me about it, and then I didn't want to reach out to Martina right away because I wasn't sure if she wanted you know, if she wanted it known or anything like that. Um, so then mm. like once I made mine official, we started talking about it and like kind of like exchanging like little tips and what we're doing. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, it was funny because like, uh, like no one tried the record for more than two years. And then suddenly, uh, yeah, suddenly I sent a message to the sponsor and he replied, ah, you know, but Rhea is trying as well. And I was like, what the, what, what, wait, 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 who, what? Uh, but it was quite fun. It was quite funny to, to see. And, um, 
and uh, yeah, and and also to to discover that we were planning right exactly at the same time, mm. more or less. And so, Ria, why did you decide to go for it? What was your motivation? Because you said, you know, that you said you just mentioned that there's sometimes, you know, reasons for you for people to take these on. Well, there's obviously always a reason, but what is your what was your motivation? Yeah, I feel like. The endurance events are addictive in a way. Um, I think once you do something, it's really hard to find the same amount of, not really joy, but like, it's almost like this like chemical dependence on like feeling, you know, the finish line and like doing something really hard. And like, once this is over, you always, I feel like you're looking for the next big thing. And so the past few years, I've kind of gone bigger and bigger. And my most recent you know, very long event was a seven day adventure race in Fiji. And so that was like something that was really hard to top mm. with just regular races. And I feel like with all the like event cancellations and things like that, it's not that I was lacking motivation to train, but um, I was really missing, you know, the, the completing something that's like really, really challenging that you really don't know if you can do it. And, you know, never having been in ski boots for more than six hours at a time, um, setting a goal of being in them for 24 <laughs> hours was you know, probably like one of the most scariest things that I've ever thought of. Mm -hmm. And it was also something that couldn't be canceled or, you know, taken away yeah. um, after a year and a half of that happening quite often. Um, and so really, I think that's why I chose it. It's because I knew about it. And like, just based on what my times were, it felt within reach. It didn't seem like impossible, but it was impossible enough that it was very, very scary. Mm. Um, so that was like, basically my main motivation behind it. And it was also fun to do something self organized. I've never mm. done that before. Um, it's a lot easier when people, you know, make aid stations for you. <laughs> and like, at the course and figure out where you're doing it and when you're doing it and so like self-organizing was definitely a big challenge and like getting people because then you have to tell people you're yeah. doing it you can't just do it and so it kind of adds on like another layer of so stress but like stress in a good way awesome and martina what was your motivation why did that come up for you well, I can just copy paste what like Rhea <laughs> just said, and it's gonna be easier and and faster. No, I'm kidding. No, but like, um, yeah, the outcome is the same. Is as like, of course, I haven't done anything as long as Rhea. This was by far the longest thing I have ever done and mm. attempted. Uh, my longest race was um. In 2019, I did the 90K of Chamonix. It's a trail mm. race. Um, it's quite a technical race, so it's it takes a while, but it's 13 hours. And uh, as Ria said, like I, I, I had the same motivation, more or less. I wanted, well, I, I wasn't racing much uh, during the winter. I was just working at the World Cup, and uh, I had a few races, not much, but like, you know, uh, Mezzalama, Pieramenta, some races, long races planned. And uh, uh, as they were not anymore in the calendar, but we still had like an amazing winter this year, like incredible. I was able to ski much more than normally and uh, mainly touring skis because I, I have to admit that I, I really uh, spend like 70% of the hours on skiing on skiing uh skiing on uh, ski um touring mm -hmm. skis and not racing skis but anyway i wanted to see like how my body was able to handle such a challenge and i you know like lots of people has has have tried the everesting for example but mm -hmm. that one for me it's like a number it's just a number i don't i'm not that I, and of course 24 hours is a number two, but it, it felt huge, you know? Mm. I was, like, trying to think about, okay, 24 hours. By now, it's, like, it's, like, how long one story will stay in my f Instagram feed. <laughs> and it's a lot of time. <laughs> but uh, thinking of just moving for all the time, it was, like, oh, man, this is, this is really 
difficult even to imagine. And so I was maybe this year I'm brave enough or crazy enough to to try this thing. And I um and I mentioned it to a friend of mine and at first he said he was I was crazy and then he said like oh, well mm-hmm. if you if you keep on thinking about it oh, why not trying? And mm. so as uh, Rea said, um, it's it's really it's really different to create an event yourself mm. and puts you in a position where it's like, yeah, there's more pressure, but it's also it's something that is yours mm. and uh, and felt like a really huge challenge. And also, as uh, again, as Rea as Rea said, being on like with the boot for 24 <laughs> hours that was the thing that scared me the mm. most as well because uh you know these carbon boots uh, are performing but uh, they are not comfortable or at least i mean <laughs> not to spend yeah. so much time on it on them and so <laughs> uh we we had some back and forth uh, question and like how do you tape your feet uh, what will you do because yeah i mean we were scared uh, about the same things it's funny that Mm. it's not like the length of the attempt that scared us the most at the beginning was like are we gonna get like serious blisters from this (laughs) like okay i think i can deal with the fatigue but i'm not sure i can deal with huge blisters Mm. you know (laughs) but yeah yeah well i did i did the glacier with a with in 14 and a half hours and I had a blister under my foot for about 12 of those hours and so I can't even imagine the yeah the fear of having to do it and be kind of bust your ass to do it while going oh my god my feet (laughs) and so Grace what was your motivation did you had you thought about it before or did you see these girls doing you think I want a piece of that um, yeah, I had first mentioned it to my coach last April, um, with COVID when I came home, just because it was, I think a little bit uncertain if there would be any world cup season this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of trying to think about what I could do if I wasn't going to be training for mm-hmm. the world cups. Um, but then I had put it on the back burner a bit when I went over to race, just because I didn't want to be like trying to divide my, my energy and my training mm. between the world cups and the the 24 hour attempt. Like I didn't really want to be, um, not putting my, my full effort into the world Mm. cups. Um, but then when I came home, I think I felt like I was in really good shape. And, um, even like maybe a month and a half before I came back, I knew that I had still been training a lot throughout the world cup season. And I knew that my fitness was in a good place. Um, so then I kind of started to think about it a bit more and, I think I just felt really motivated to do it. I would say probably for two main reasons. I think the first was just that as much as I love the, um, the world cups, I think my heart really lies with the, the longer days out in the mountains. Mm. And I was really motivated to kind of, yeah, just come up with something that would be, would be longer. And I think this goes in a bit with what Raya said at the beginning, but I think the suffering is a bit addictive and <laughs> while the world cups are hard, they're, hard in a different way. And I don't think they leave you quite as destroyed. Um, so it felt a bit like a treat to be able to do something really long when I came home. Mm. Um, and I think I just as welcoming as the community is in Europe, I think I had kind of missed being able to, um, just to ski with all of my regular training partners back home. And I hadn't really seen anyone, um, for almost a whole year, just because between COVID and then being in Europe, I, I hadn't skied with anyone. Mm. And so it seemed like such a great opportunity to kind of bring our community and summit together and to get to ski with, with people I'd been missing all year. So I think between those two, two things, I was pretty motivated to do it when I came back home. And it seemed like I had been skiing enough throughout the winter, even though I had been training for the World Cups, that it was maybe feasible. <laughs> and so did you get in touch with Martina or Rhea or both and have sort of get words of wisdom or did you just crack on on your own? Um, I, I think I had maybe 
briefly mentioned it to Martina. I don't totally remember in Madonna, um, mm. but I was, I still hadn't totally committed. So I think when I was still in Europe, I wasn't really, yeah, I wasn't really ready to fully commit yet because I didn't have any of the logistics. Mm. Um, but then when I got back home, uh, I had reached out to Rhea and she was super helpful. Um, yeah. And I mean, everyone was so supportive and offered any advice they could, which I think is just a great example of how how cool the endurance community is um, because people are generally just so willing to, to share what they've learned. And yeah, in hopes, I think that it helps somebody else in their own, their own goal. I think that's really extraordinary because I read um, Rhea's post after Martina had broken her record. So just to be clear for the record, and I, I'm hoping I'm going to say this right. You can all shout me down if I get the numbers <laughs> wrong. Um, Rhea, you're, uh, you broke the record on, was it the 12th of March? And I, yeah. I'm going to do it in uh, old money and new money, 55,045 feet, which is 16,777 meters. Martina, you went, what, a week later yeah. about? And you did, you broke the record and it was 57,890 feet, 17,644 point something meters. And then about a month after that, Grace, you went for Martina's record and ended up with the North American women's record, 56,163 feet. And which is 17,118 meters. And you're all just amazing. But <laughs> what I loved um, was that after, because Rhea, you only held the world record for something like a week, I think. And you wrote this really yeah. <laughs> gorgeous, gracious, beautiful post about how, it, you know, you felt so lucky to have done it. You wished it had lasted longer, but how it was so good to see that, you know, it pushed Martina to go further. And right underneath the first comment is from Martina that says, I would never have pushed myself, maybe not never, but something like, I pushed myself that hard because I saw how hard you went. And I just thought it was the most extraordinary community, as you say, Grace, of uh, of endurance athletes going, do you know what? I, I had the record. I didn't hold it, but I'm so happy that what I did made someone else do something even better. I think for me and Ria, it's almost like we were at the start line together somehow, you know, because mm. it, in a project like this, being like a week apart is not that long time, you know, and it's like we knew it mm -hmm. uh, like we sh really shortly before to both uh, doing our attempt, uh, we knew that uh, both of us were going for it. And so I think we might have the same kind of feeling. Of course, she went first, and I have to admit that uh, I was happy that she went first. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm honest. <laughs> I'm honestly saying that um, because you know you can you can set uh the bar higher or whatever um and but i think you know that i think we were both scared and excited the same way because uh, i mean uh we were both doing our thing and uh, uh well she was she was first and so i knew like the the final goal was to beat her record but still it's it was like nothing really changed because it's you don't know how you're gonna deal with uh your day as soon as you try it so mm. of course you have a uh like uh, a new goal to reach but uh for me for example uh, i have to be honest i i um i never change my goal because uh, for me, yeah, it mm. was the to run, like to, to ski for 24 hours. But I set a personal goal that, uh, mm. like, of course, I hoped Ria uh, wouldn't break this goal. Because then, for me, it would have been harder. <laughs> but uh, already mm. before uh, Ria <laughs> set, this, uh, set her record, I had planned to do this 24 laps 
of uh, at the ski resort, uh, I I ended up doing mm-hmm. the attempt. And so this is probably because I'm really lazy with math. And so I tried to find <laughs> <laughs> a slope that uh, would have been really easy for me to calculate mm-hmm. the outcome. And so I said, okay, 24 hours, one hour per lap. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is my goal. And this was a little less than what I did at the end. But so that mm. was my goal. That was extremely challenging compared to the older record from Malene, for example. But I wanted to set that goal and and um, I was going to go for it anyway, you know. Amazing. Because I, I, th- I thought that that was something I could attempt mm. no matter if Ria would have done 18,000 meters I still would have start. I still would have start and tried my 24 yeah. laps. And then maybe I would have pushed a little bit harder at the end. But uh, my goal was mm. to, to go for something that it was incredibly hard, but still uh, like possible. Yeah. Uh, if everything would have gone right in my mind. <laughs> All three of you have broken records, which is absolutely extraordinary. I'd like each of you to tell me what kind of support you had and how important it was to you when things got tough. Yeah, um, I feel like, you know, just like having done a lot of the long stuff, you kind of learn that it never just gets worse, but it also rarely stays really great the whole time. So for me, actually, a very hard time was about eight hours in. It was around midnight. And I just had a hard time breathing. Um, I couldn't really take mm. very deep breaths, which like made it hard to move fast. And I was at that time I was skinning with a friend of mine who also did the same attempt. And I asked him, you know, like when did you start struggling? And he was like, Oh, I felt really good, great until like 13 hours in. And in my mind, I was like, Well, like for me, it's eight, and it's getting really, really hard. Um, mm. But then it's really important in those times to not kind of fall into you know the spiral of thinking oh it's like really bad eight hours in it's gonna be way worse 16 hours in and just kind of draw back on all the other times when you know within a course of 24 hours it got really hard at some point but then it suddenly you know it's kind of your body just gives up on sending you signals to stop and it's like okay well I guess we keep going um, and so it, it got better, you know, like I did like two more laps and then my energy levels came back. I had a little bit of caffeine. Um, and then it really, really wasn't hard for me after that because I felt like I made it through the hard time of the night and then the sun rose. And then I guess the next really hard point for me was when I broke the record. Um, I knew that that was going to happen because, you know, like when you do like a 10k race or you do a 50 mile race and usually what you set as your goal your brain is like okay well we're done now and then it becomes really difficult mm. and so I try to really like focus on that in mental prep for the event is to not associate mm-hmm. my goals with numbers but rather with effort and with the 24 hours but still when you know when I went over like 50,656 feet which was the previous record it was like things started to hurt it's like the things that you kind of mask and don't notice before I'm like oh like my glutes are really sore now I'm really tired it's like getting really hot and so having a lot of people skinning with me at that time because it was then it was you know daytime like it was around noon um or like 2 p.m that really, really helped because there was no real room for consideration whether or not I'm going for another lap because by the time I changed into, you know, the uphill um, set again, people were already halfway up the hill. So I'm like, well, I guess it's my case. I better go catch him. Um, I feel like in a way the support just kind of makes the movement, like it takes away the question whether or not you're going to go again out of the equation. So you then just have to worry about moving and the moving part is, you know, taken for granted. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's for me. And and Martina? Yeah, well, uh, I, (laughs) it's a really 
I really don't know if I'm still able to describe how my how was my day more or less because it's almost it almost feels unreal because mm. uh you know when you start thinking about because of course like two weeks before doing it every night I was dreaming I was skiing every night I wasn't mm. sleeping well <laughs> I was like oh I know at this point I will I would hurt probably I will have blisters I would be super tired maybe I would need some particular food and you always like uh wonder how it's going to be like at the end and uh uh, but still, it's something you plan on doing it, you know. So, um, and uh, for me, it was like uh, has to be had to be done like the way I did, because uh, for me, the mm. most important thing was to do that at home uh, with my friends. Even though here it was a bit uh, of a weird. Uh, moment because we were back on uh, like red zone talking about covid so Mm -hmm. since like two weeks before the event uh, we were still able to move a little bit but then uh, like just prior to the event um, things changed and uh, so for example i was not allowed to get to the slopes more or less and Mm. so that was like kind of a nightmare because when you have uh, everything like when you decide to go for it and then you have all these problems coming at the at the end where you don't want to deal with them you want to just try to prepare as much as you can and and rest and blah 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 and uh, so i had to deal with all these things but at the end it worked out i i was able to have not many people but like the people I wanted anyway. It's not that I really wanted much more people uh, helping me. And it was funny because no no one had an idea, <laughs> uh, you know, of how to support uh, in a, such an event. Like I had my best friend and a friend of a friend. Uh, uh, but like I, I, gave a, I gave them a paper like, a draft more or less uh, what I wanted to eat Mm -hmm. but I did that uh, the morning of the attempt because I didn't have time before Mm. (laughs) and so it was you know I have no idea about calories intakes I I just thought it was like good for me to get at least one gel per hour and then real food pretty often so that was like my main <laughs> goal like in terms of nutrition because i really honestly don't know mm-hmm. uh, i'm not uh, really good at these things i just know why I, I wanted to eat a lot and uh, try mm. to to always have food with me more or less and mm. not just like being dehydrated or not having enough um food and anyway uh the hardest things uh well i think my brain was in another planet that day <laughs> because uh really like as soon as i had a, a challenge i don't know but i was just like super calm uh going through it and just like okay this is happening. This is something that you thought that was going to happen. For example, during the night, uh, um, well, I uh, I know that, uh, for example, for Ria, you know, because you, you always try to get all the information, as much information as possible. <laughs> and uh, I saw that for her was good, like she didn't have stomach problems or stuff like that. And for me, it was quite fine. But um, during the night, um well it it was pretty cold and so basically i started going to the toilet uh, one lap and then other the second lap i was going two times and then the lap after that i was going other two times and then i was like okay if i keep on going to the toilet maybe now uh, that's uh, like things are even though i'm fast because i'm fast uh, doing my things it's not super like 
you know. Um, but I didn't freak out. And so after the seventh time I went to the toilet, <laughs> um, I, I decided, uh, yeah, I decided that maybe, you know, it wasn't for some, well, it was a mix of the things you eat, of course. And then, uh, but it was really, really cold. And so mm. I just, uh, put a, a second jacket and, and I kept it also in the climbs and, uh, mm. where, uh, of course, I was sweating a lot because I had like a primal loft and a huge down jacket mm. going up and down. But uh, from like since I started to wear like two jackets, uh, my stomach felt better, and oh, so wow. and so I didn't have to stop anymore. And so you know, it's like okay, this is dialed. After <laughs> after mm. this, you know it. I started to feel like I was going to get blisters under my feet. And uh, even there, I, you know, you kind of like, as it's about time always <laughs> in this kind of attempt, you wonder is like, okay, I'm I gonna, I keep going. Do I stop? Do I change boots? And I was about to keep on going for another lap before to think about changing uh, boots or so on but then luckily like the smart side of martina uh, <laughs> came into play and said no okay now it, i was 12 hours in uh, it mm. was starting to like this was sunrise and and so i thought okay no i stop now i change socks because uh my second boots were not really comfort comfortable for me mm -hmm. so i just uh changed the um, the socks but that uh and that was the thing to do because uh i think if i was waiting another lap i would have had blisters and then uh, going 12 mm. hours with blisters it's not fun <laughs> yeah mm -mm. and so like i think these were like not the hardest because after of course it's uh, there have been some like down moments, but I was really, really in a good, good mood and a good spirit. So even when I was like low in energy, I was feeling like so grateful for the friends I had around me and for like, like the day I was able to, to, because, you know, even though you're tired and you are like 15 hours in and skiing you're like looking back it's like man i just skied 15 hours and that's incredible <laughs> and i've never done that and so i can be tired and i'm gonna go for with this feeling uh, until i'm done and so it's it's really it's like what you just did it's what motivates you at the end to keep on going and Mm. And uh, it was really, really incredible to see also like how the energy, like sometimes you were really low in energy, but then it was kicking back all the time. And mm -hmm. and uh, it's just not, you don't have to give up like mentally. And then I think your body will follow. Yeah. Well, I saw, I have heard twice in the last week once one of my own guests and once a guest on somebody else's podcast talk about resilience coming phys first it's physical then it's mental and then it sort of gets to the the last thing that's going to bring you home is the emotional side of things and I'd never heard that before but actually it sort of started to make sense it, it kind of resonated with me and I wondered Grace is that something that you experienced because I know you had trouble with food and and that sort of thing would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I guess I should just start by saying, I think like the week before my attempt, I was moved almost to tears multiple times just by like the sheer amount of people who either reached out to offer support or who offered to actually come in pace. And just seeing how, how the community showed up for me was, was so moving. And I think mm. I had a little bit of a slump around like, 3am probably um, mm. just because I had been having a really hard time eating and I had felt pretty nauseous almost the entire time. Um, and I was feeling a little bit groggy and 
I just remember feeling like, oh my gosh, six hours feels like a long time to go, even though I had already done what's arguably way harder than just the final six hours. But um, then I had a new group of people who came to pace me and um, the group who came was just, yeah, it was people I really look up to as athletes and just as people. And uh, a few of them were neighbors and really good friends. And I think that definitely at that point, um, it was more mental for me and having that emotional component and just really feeling like I needed to, needed to show up for them and really just try my hardest, um, almost like to express how grateful I was, um, Mm. that they, they would show up for me. I really feel like that kind of carried me, carried me to the end. Um, which I mean, I don't think it's all that surprising. I think with um, with really long endurance events, it does tend to be really mental. And I think there is a huge emotional component to that. So I think that makes having the, the support all that much more important. And do, do any of you find, cause I've read about endurance athletes before that are joined on the road or wherever, you know, whatever their sport might be by, you know, fresh legs and bouncy chatty people did was there ever a point during your 24 hours where you were like god would you people just shush i'm just trying to get my job done here <laughs> i know you're on fresh legs and i know you're excited but i'm just trying to you know i can only go at my own pace or was everybody that came to support you i'm not asking you to point fingers i'm talking more about your own mood and your own views on things on it i feel like for me everybody who came to support has done something like that at some point so they all mm. they all kind of knew that the effort is an effort, not a pace. Um, and I think everybody mm. did a good job of like, you know, I was like, I really appreciate your company. I don't think I have energy to talk, but I would love to listen. Yeah. And so they all just like talked at me and like kept me moving. Um, and so I feel like, you know, people who tend to come to these events are kind of familiar with how it feels. Um and even if they don't, I feel like it's really easy to like, you know, like it's kind of like the body language and the way you communicate that people kind of realize that, you know, you're probably doing what you can and you can really go any faster. At least that was my experience. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with Ray. I think everyone who came to Pace Me did a really great job at just understanding, especially near the end, that. Like I was really grateful that they were there, but I didn't really have the energy to talk. Um, and yeah, people kept talking at me, even if I wasn't responding, which is really, really helpful. Um, yeah. So I think I was really grateful that most of the people who were there for me had paced people before, whether it be in like a hundred mile running race or um, a similar, similar event. For me, it was funny because it was completely the opposite because none of the people that was there has done anything like beside the the one who was taking picture Philips uh, no one has ever done such a thing and so they were like most of the times I had to remind them like you know just like okay keep on talking if I don't reply just don't worry just like keep on talking and <laughs> and uh, uh, it was funny because yeah you know they are looking at you like you are some kind of alien <laughs> and, and it's like what's going on and and I but and it was funny to have like my parents there for example and but I I didn't I well I wanted my mom and my dad to be there but I I told uh, my friend that was at the ice station just like keep an eye on my mom because I know she will mess up everything as soon as she gets close to the ice station because she doesn't have any idea and she would just like Every time I come, it's like, eat this, eat that. And I was like, mom, I don't need this and I don't need that. She knows what I want to eat. And uh, and uh, and she almost uh, put sunscreen on all my skins at one point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, because I had this stick, for, like the sunscreen that really looked like uh, you know, like wax. This, uh, wax. <laughs> oh and uh, but uh, well, 
she did it just on one pair and luckily we didn't use it <laughs> but yeah it was, it was really funny because she was like i had some people that almost w- was going to sabotate the event uh, <laughs> but uh, but still was really funny also because of this i think yeah Oh, um, well, well done, mom, for coming anyway. I was wondering whether you were going to say that she would start yeah, yes. you know, getting uh, worried, you know, because mom's uh, being a mom, I know that seeing a child in distress or under any kind of duress, I can't imagine how it must feel to see them do something that they are really, really pushing themselves to the limit and not want to step in and go, I'm just going to take you away from all of this. It's too hard. <laughs> So good. Well done, mum. Now, I wanted to ask you, all three of you, uh, as we sort of come towards the end, what do you feel is the legacy for yourselves personally? I kind of, we've sort of touched on the, the, you know, pushing people to maybe think bigger and higher and more, but for yourselves, because I like the concept that we can inspire ourselves and we've sort of touched on it throughout this conversation that you can, you know, then use it to go forward and you've all used your previous sporting experiences, but how do you feel? Is there anything specific from this race, from this record, these records that you will take forward next time you're in something really deep and dark and difficult? Um, I'll go first. Cause I feel like I'm the newest yeah, to the go. sport. Um, I think for me, you know, like I, haven't really raced in schema at a level that Grace and Martina have. And in a way, even last year, I still felt like, you know, every race that I did with schema, something went horribly wrong. (laughs) And (laughs) I I don't, you know, I like, you know, we label ourselves like I'm a runner, I'm a, you know, swimmer, I'm a biker, I'm a schema racer. And coming into the sport and doing something like that without really labeling myself as being a schema racer mm. is really important in a way that it like kind of reinforces the fact that you can become good at something even if that's not what your identity is and your identity mm. doesn't have to necessarily be associated with what you do. Um, and so to me, like, I feel like that was probably the biggest lesson I've learned is that, you know, like if I will get injured and I can't run anymore at some point, it's, it's okay because this is not my identity. So you mm. can come into sports and do really great things and, you know, become a part of the community simply by trying without like, you know, having to spend like X number of years doing the sport. Um, mm. But do you think that comes from the fact that you're already a very sporty person? So you must have very good body literacy, understanding of your aerobic capacity and how far you can push yourself. Yeah, I think like there's definitely, you know, like I definitely trained very hard and work very hard and train very much as, you know, I would have if I was doing that for years. But I think that's because the sport different sports in endurance, you have the same engine, you just have to build the transmission for it which is a lot <laughs> nice. less time that it does to build yeah. the engine. <laughs> <laughs> Martina, what do you think is the legacy for you? Yeah, well, I, I think it's um, it's good what uh, Ria said, says that, um, yeah, it's easy sometimes to identify, you know, like, uh, yeah, I'm a schema racer. And, and of course, even though I know that I'm like, I think schema is something that suits me better than other sports Mm. i think i still like like for this reason maybe i i like to explore more my potential in running for example that for me running doesn't mean necessarily you know just like run from start to finish like i still try to i still want to choose races you know that are fun for me and there are like mm. uh inspiring and um in like where i can look forward to it you know and um or even though even like going for races that uh where i know i have to run more and so i have to challenge my body in a direction uh where i'm not used to go normally you know because it's not always uh 
it's not that always you can take the easy way out you know it's uh, it's fun sometimes to challenge yourself with things uh that you are not good at and uh, you have to work harder for it and i think as soon as you keep like as soon as you are enjoying what you're doing and you are enjoying the process mm. and then you uh, things can never go wrong you know it's not about uh because you know even this record you know uh, someone will break it at some point but mm. did i enjoy the process to to go and do it yes grace your uh, answer uh, your sort of thoughts on the legacy and how you think because you've obviously you're uh, more at the beginning of your sporting career than the other two not that they're anywhere near the end but you are very quite near the beginning how do you think it's gonna help you as you grow and mature as an athlete yeah, um, I mean, this this sounds really cliched, so I feel a little bit silly saying it, but um, I think for me, really, the biggest thing I, I'm taking from it is just the importance of self-belief, and I think this was a really personal goal for me, and it was something I was so excited and so motivated to do, but I spent a lot of time the few weeks before wondering if I should actually go through with it, just because I knew that there were going to be a lot of people who were going to tell me that it was too much and that I had been training too much and that it was, mm. yeah, just, I'm too young. And, um, I think it's, there's just always a lot of noise and I think I've gotten really used to it. Um, but I think even if you, you know, what works best for you and, um, like I, I do have a coach and I have a lot of professionals I work with. So I, I think that I, I'm aware of the risks of overtraining and all of these things that people warn me about. Um, mm -hmm. But I think um, even though I know that I'm being careful and not training too much, I think sometimes the noise still can get to me um, mm. as much as I, I wish I was oblivious to it. I'm not. So I think I was just really proud of myself for, for going after the goal, even though I knew there was a real, very real possibility I wouldn't achieve it. Um, and I think, yeah, I think in the future, it'll just help me to be maybe a bit more confident in standing behind what I know is best for myself and standing up for myself. Um, and I think that's, that's a good thing as an athlete, uh, and just as a person in general. So I do think it, it was an experience which taught me a lot about myself and will definitely help me grow, grow as I continue to progress as an athlete. Amazing. Oh, that's a great answer. <laughs> Thank you very much. And what are your plans? What's the next? I mean, you're literally fresh out the, 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 the finish line, so to speak. So you're presumably in a little bit of recovery right now. Um, but what's next? What's coming in the summer? What's going on for you? Yeah. Um, right now I'm in a little bit of an off season. I'm just taking two weeks to kind of decompress after the season and reflect a bit on my year. Um, but then I'll be jumping into training for the summer. Um, I have a few races planned this, this summer in the States. Um, I'm racing run the rut, which is a race I really love out in Montana. And then, um, a race called broken arrow in California, which I'm excited about as well. Um, those are the only two I'm signed up for right now. Um, well, and then I'm signed up for a 50 K in Lake Tahoe as well. So I'm just signed up for a few races currently, but I'm sure there will be others added to my schedule as I start to think a bit more about about my running season. But really, my main goal is just to race and train in a way that will prepare me well for the next next World Cup season because I'll be coming back to Europe probably sometime in um, October. So, yeah, I'm just hoping to prepare myself well for next season this summer and, yeah, hopefully train to work on my weaknesses a bit fabulous and where can we follow you um my instagram is just my name grace.staberg um and then facebook is the same uh and then my strava is just my name those are the only uh social media platforms i have great thank you very much and martina yeah what are you up to next what's your summer plans uh well um I have uh, a race coming up really soon, like 
sooner than I wished. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's a running race. It's a the qualifying race for the ultra ultra trail team, the Italian team mm -hmm. for the ultra world championships in Thailand in November. And so is happening mm. in two weeks and it's a 70k race. And I started to run three weeks ago, like 40k <laughs> per week. <laughs> so, so this week I had, I, I did quite a good job. Like I ran, like hunt, run, hiked because hiking for me is still like running. <laughs> so yeah. I run, and also where I live, uh, it's like some places you can't run. So it's like the only way to go from point A to point B is hiking sometimes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I did like quite a big week of running this one, um, trying always trying to not injure myself because mm. with running for me it's much easier to get injured rather than skiing mm -hmm. i guess it's for everyone but i just find really really hard to start running after the ski season also because i don't run normally during the winter and anyway <laughs> if this goes well uh, <laughs> if this uh, if i finish the race and i'm able to qualify then uh, i have this uh, world championship in november Otherwise, uh, uh, I still have, like, my plan is to try to adventure as much as I can in between work. Um, hopefully, some races will happen this year. So I hope to be able to go working at the Golden Trail Series and other mm -hmm. races this year. Because last year, of course, um, we haven't been able to go anywhere. Um, but still, like, I kind of like the, the idea of travel less because that uh leaves more room for me to just like do my things as well mm. because sometimes always traveling it's a good thing but sometimes can be hard too and so i kind of like my where i live and i like to to have a routine yes yeah you can follow me uh on instagram uh with uh, martiska it's a kind of a weird nickname mm -hmm. but <laughs> double k at the end and uh, um facebook uh, is my name martina valmassoi and um that's it i guess uh, i'm yeah same name mm -hmm. for strava uh and um yeah i think uh, that's about it awesome well thank you so much for joining it's been yeah, it was really to fabulous to hear about all the attempts i really oh, attempts i keep calling them attempts amazing world record breaking and mm -hmm. uh, continental record breaking uh, achievements congratulations thank you thanks for having us you may have noticed that rea was not on the call at the end she had a bit of a technical hitch her end and with the best will in the world we have been unable to retrieve her very last words. Uh, they are lost in the atmosphere somewhere. But I can tell you that she was off to do a very challenging adventure race for the first time in a team of three women and one man. And they actually ended up coming second. And it, was, it took them 92 hours. It was pretty brutal. And so she has since finished and is carrying on with adventures all over the place. Martina did, in fact, qualify for the Italian team for the World Championships and is also cracking on with new summer adventures. And Grace did take her rest period and is now starting to ramp up the running miles towards her goals. Thanks to all three of them for their time and for their expertise and for their good humour, given how <laughs> tricky this has been to put together. See you next time. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back next week with another incredible episode of Chatting to a Friend. In the meantime, please give us a follow on Instagram, Chatting to a Friend, for all the latest news. Bye-bye.